Welcome to House of Hope Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from this past Sunday. For more information about other messages or events at House of Hope, visit www.ihope.today. Oh man, you can tell the kids have been playing with this iPad. Ugh. There's food all over it. I don't know what that is. That's on there. Disgusting. Well, how's everybody doing this morning? Good? Is everyone excited? Right on. You know, I'm, I'm excited. I, uh, I wrote the, kind of more of this message when we were at ARC yesterday. Horrible place to write a message, I tell you that. It was good until everybody started coming in. And then it just went nuts. But I just got to kind of get set up. Now, the one thing I like about preaching is... I get to control what's going on right now. Everyone's like, oh great, it's that kind of a guy. No, I like bringing props. Um, I go, sometimes I've, I've gone pretty elaborate with some of my props. I remember one time in a church, what I did is I had like this whole Hawaiian theme set up at the front. I spent the day before and yeah, I had a little blow up pool and everything and it was, it was awesome. It was a good message. So I, I, uh, I'm no stranger to props, so as we get to know each other more, I will definitely be bringing more props. And the reason why I do is because I, I've been blessed with an incredible gift by the Lord. I have ADD or ADHD, depends on who you chat with. Um, so, and you know, I hear a lot of people go around and they say, oh yeah, I have this. I'm like, no, you don't. No, you don't, because you're not in the back shaking and coffee calms you down it's weird i'm the i'm the only person in my family that at like say 10 o'clock at night i'll get a regular coffee and then it's like okay, i'm going to bed and just out like a light you give me decaf though it's over like it's over i'm just i'm so excited i'm just vibrating ash is like okay who gave you decaf you are just there's something wrong with you right now so I don't know what it is. So anyone has a, a child or they've been blessed with this gift, note to self, coffee does it. I don't know why. I don't know what's in it, but it just zoinks you out. But no, like I said, I'm really excited about preaching this message. Um, it's a message that's one that's really close to my heart because I feel like a lot of the time I get back into this. And so I feel like this message, if anything, I'm preaching it for myself. Uh, when Jeff asked if I wanted to speak about, what, four weeks ago or so? I, I had this huge plan all set out. I was like, right on. This gives me, I hate having that much time to prepare for a message. I really, truly do. Because you get like 10 messages going, and then it's like, okay, now what one do we want to do? And you're like, okay, well, I'll pray about it. Oh, okay, well, that's not coming. God, where are you putting in my heart? And then he brings something else up, and it's like, oh, I thought we dealt with this. And it's like, well, no, you probably didn't. And so I get to share it with everybody else. So hopefully somebody else is in this situation that I am, because I don't want it just to be about me this morning. I want it to bless everybody else here too. So we're going to start off. My mother-in-law asked me this morning, she's like, Dan, do I need a Bible for this? And I just simply said, it's your walk with the Lord. If you want a Bible, sure, if you don't, that's fine. We're still praying for her in that and for deliverance. Um, people have asked me, they said, so do you call your mother an outlaw? I said, no, because outlaws are wanted. So 
So I, uh, yeah, you know, I don't, I never call my in-laws outlaws because, you know, that, and she's the only person that makes me happy twice when she comes over for visits, one when she's here, and the best times when she leaves. I love that part. <laughs> We've been so gracious for her this time. We, we bought a hide-a-bed because before she had to sleep on the floor. But, which is fair, because when we were at our wedding, I had to, the night before, I had to sleep on the floor at her house, and she's like, Dan, all I have are couch cushions. Hallelujah, we got couch cushions. Okay, Mom, I'll make it work. I'll just kind of, no, it didn't work. Six, five frames sleeping on couch cushions that kept going like this in the middle of the night, and whack, my hips kept hitting the side, and I was like, this is stupid. Like, I can't believe I'm here. So my best man, we went somewhere else, and he's like, we're, we're staying here. I was like, thank you, God. Like, so I'm getting... I'm working on, uh, I don't seek revenge, but for her I do. It keeps, it keeps her guessing, and it keeps her young, I think, and um, Ashley was pretty easy to raise as a child, so I'm just making up for lost time for her. So, And she brought a very dear friend of ours, Lutka. She's from Camrose. She's very close to our family, and it's just been an awesome weekend so far having them over, and really excited about this. So, yeah. Anyways, that's a, uh, you know, Mom, I had to get my shots in. I always do. You're, the, you're my cannon fodder, and usually it's Dad, so. Anyways, if you can open your Bibles, please, to John 11. Now, this story, it's the, as you're turning there, it's the story of, uh, of Lazarus. Hope I said his name right. Thank you, Ash. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff to dig out of this. And I see why my message continues to change with this, and it's never the same. Because I've looked back on previous notes, and there's always something different, and it's great. This message has just been snowballing and snowballing, so I'm like, oh, thank you, Lord. But what's awesome about this is this is what I got out of it. My first point is God was really challenging me in a time in my life with all this. It was God's timing. And I know we, always, we talk about as Christians, we love talking about God's timing. We love it. I know I do. I'm just like, oh, this has got to be, everything's lining up. This has got to be in God's timing. Oh, nothing's going the way we think it's going. That's not in God's timing. I'm like, okay. But this, this part the first part really just spoke to me in all this on how God's timing is. We'll just start reading it. And you're going to, I hope you see it like how I saw it. But this is what I was getting out of this in the first little bit here. Now, a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and his sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, The sickness will not lead to death. No, sorry, <laughs> it's not for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. And then he said to his disciples, Let's go back to Judah. Judea, sorry. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago the Jews were there. Tried to stone you, and yet you want to go back? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? 
Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see but this world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. So did you see it in there? Kind of a little bit of God's timing in there? Okay, Lazarus is sick, right? So what does Jesus say? He's got a brilliant idea. What's his idea? Let's wait. What? Generally, when somebody's sick, what do you do? You go. Why? Because it's urgent. Why is it urgent? Because something could happen. What? We're not, let's not go to the extreme, okay? He's not going to die. <laughs> Holy. I, I get a cold now. She's like, he's going to die, every mom. He's going to die. It's game over. Holy cow. I know, I know where, where it lies now in our family. Dan's sick. But you generally go to that person. You comfort them. You, how can we help you? You know, you bring the balloons that say, get well soon. You do all those kind of stuff. But Jesus says, let's wait. He didn't wait a couple hours. How long did he wait for? Two days. And his sister said, uh, Lazarus' sister said, Lord, this is urgent. And Jesus is like, yeah, okay, cool. And I was like, God, why? Why? Why are you doing this? And then as we read in there, it said, This sickness will not lead to death. No, it's for the glory of God, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. I can totally identify with what the disciples and everybody around are going through. Because it's like, hey, Lord, you're speaking in riddles again. Right? You read through Jesus's, what Jesus has said, and it's like, Wow. That's so deep. We can look at it now and say, that's really deep. You know, God, whoa, he hit the nail on the head. It's no fair because we, know, we can read the rest of the chapter of what happens. Being in that situation at that time, it's like, okay. All right, well, that's cool. But then later Jesus says, okay, now let's go up to Judah and let's go see Lazarus. It's like, okay, but Lord, you said the sickness wasn't going to lead to death. No, we're going to go see him now. Okay, well, I feel like it's a little, little late. And the disciples realized, wait a minute, there's danger there. So what's going on? There's been many of opportunities in my life that God's timing has never made complete sense. And I know there's been times in all of our lives that that situation's happened. Prime example. Ash and I, we moved moved to Cranbrook after things kind of went south with our drop-in center. And that's okay. You know, our season was done there and we realized everything was done. Fast forward two years after living in Cranbrook, we had an opportunity to go back to Alberta and potentially do plant another youth drop-in center, and we were excited, and we were jazzed about it. Everything was lining up. Everything was perfect, and we're like, you know what? This is definitely God's timing. We got the... That's off a little bit. That's frustrating. (laughs) Sorry, that was like... I'm like, man, that's crooked right there. Sorry. Whoa. (laughs) Um, And everything was lining up beautifully for it. I got a job right away. We, got connect, we were connected with the church there. So my best friend goes there. And everything just, it seemed too perfect. You know what they say? That whole saying, you know, if it's too good, it's too good to be true, right? But, you know, with God, it, sometimes I don't feel like that works. If it's good, hey, God's got to be in it. If it's bad, hey, maybe God's in it. 
And this is where I was looking at this. And it sounds strange. Just hear me out. Hear my story. So we loaded up the back of a trailer and we shipped up north to a little town, Thorsby, Alberta. Does anyone know where that is? Yeah, all right. Some people, I heard vomiting. I heard vomiting. Is that okay? No? No. You know where it is? Sorry to hear it. Are you okay? Like, oh my goodness. Wow. Oh, okay, okay. You threw up in your mouth a little bit. Now it's funny because I mentioned it all to everybody. Cool. Anyways, that's Thorsby in a nutshell. Thank you. <laughs> we get there, and the first thing we hear was, well, you know, Dan, we just think that you and Ashley should take a break. Oh, okay, how long? Well, we're thinking like six months to a year. We're like, whoa, wait, what? Ash and I, we are not, when we put our hands to the plow, we are not the people that, well, let's just sit and wait. Because God says the harvest is ready. Let's start going. Let's start working. Let's get, like, that's why we're here. We're, we're called to, to go out, reaching and helping people find and follow after God. That's what Ash and I believe. So we were gun-ho. And then to hear, well, we want you guys to just hang on. And then we got talking, and everybody was kind of like, well, we think this is a good idea. We think it's a really good idea. Well, will you help us? Well, you know, brother, I don't know. Oh, my goodness, don't give me that. And so things were starting to crash and crash and crash and crash. And then it started to, it started to impact Ashley's and my marriage. It got to the point that Ash and I were ready to pull the pin. And we went through a lot before that. And I remember I was at work one day and we were talking on the phone about it. And it was to that point that we said, you know what? We had a good run. We made it uh, five, six years. So let's, uh, and let's call it quits. This is not what we signed up for. And Ash and I, looked at, we after this conversation, I was like, hey, God, whoa, what's going on? That, like, I have a scripture in, on our picture that says, what God has brought together, let no man separate. What's going on? This is not in your, this isn't who you are. You're not about that. You're not about division, especially, I'm like, I took a class on marriage and I know this ain't right. I know. You, you grasp for straws at that time, you know? It's just like, hey, Lord, I got to be on it. I know what I'm talking about. And it was, and it was awesome that time going through, because we drew closer as a couple. And we noticed within it, with, with moving to Thorsby, we were out of our comfort zone. In Cranbrook, we were comfortable. In Rocky, we were comfortable. Things were clicking, things were jiving, everything was... But in our, in our relationship, we noticed things weren't where they could be and where they are today. And it was awesome to see God's timing through the midst of all that. We look at it and we're like, oh, Thorsby, bleh, you know, like there's vomit all over the floor. But we're like, you know what, in that, what happened? And, I've, and I, I've been talking with people throughout this week and I've heard in their situations, they said, you know, Dan, because of this, I've been able to grow deeper with God. And it's like, that's awesome. That is so encouraging. Through the midst of our storms, are we dancing in them? Are, are we still praising God? Even though... It seems like our enemies are closing in on us. We sang about it this morning. This is how I fight my battles. It may seem like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you, God. I heard Max Lakito one time said, 
no matter what you do, you'll never push God away, but he'll want to be closer to you. No matter what my kids do, I want to be closer to them. Like yesterday was a brutal day for us. Please don't laugh too loud. It was horrible. I was getting to the point where it was like, okay, this was a bad idea. But you know what? When it came to bedtime and it came to quieting everybody down and getting ready for bed, Levi and I really got to bond at bedtime. Because I said, you know what? You're my son and I'm so proud and I'm so blessed to have you in this family. Levi, you complete this family. Now imagine what God's saying about us. And we all know who we are and we know what we've messed up in. And God's saying, you went through this because of this. You've become a better person because of this. I was with you through this. But we, I'm spinning. Good thing there's nobody here. This is great. But God's looking at that and he's saying, I love you. I care about you. You're not going to push me away. I want to be closer with you. And so God's timing, that's, it doesn't make sense when he gives us a direction up at the start. And I've always said, you know, if he told us everything right at the start, would we go through it? No. Okay. What if it was something awesome? Would you go through it? Oh, yeah. I'd go through it. But would you be a better person by the time you got there? Probably not. Because you already know what's going to happen. Could you imagine, just because we all know, Billy Graham. If he would have known where his ministry was today and the influence he had today, when he was preaching to the stumps, that's how he learned. He preached five messages in 20 minutes. That was his first message. He was so excited. He would practice out in the forest. He's like, if those trees were people, man, they would have been saved five times over. And then he went out and he preached the message and they said, somebody came, an elder in the church said, Brother, that was a really good message, but it was only 20 minutes long. He's like, I preached five messages in that 20 minutes. But if he would have known at that time, do you think he would have had the, as powerful of ministry as, he had, as he's had? Well, why would he need to try? Why would he need to study the Word of God? Why would he have to put in the energy? Why would, because it's already done. God wants us to draw closer, and, I, and it's one of those things I've looked at it, Lord. God's all about relationship, and he wants us to draw closer to him. And if he told us everything right at the start, we either wouldn't go through with it, because we'd be too scared, or we would have this cocky attitude, well, it's going to happen. I don't need to try. I don't need to do anything. Right? Because we people, we can be lazy sometimes. So God's timing, it's, it's a tough one. But you know what? If we look at it and we see what we've gone through, it's incredible. And another thing we like to do is we like to look at our circumstances rather than what God's leading us into. Did you notice in uh, verse 11, in chapter, verse 11, chapter, oh my goodness, chapter 11, verse 9. There we go. Jesus' response when the disciples looked at the circumstance, what did he say? What did Jesus say to them? You can talk back to me appropriately right now. Yeah, and then to chapter and then verse 10. Right. Ultimately he's talking about darkness and light, right? 
doesn't make really a lick of sense in that whole thing. The thing that Jesus is saying is, I'm walking with you. He is the light. He's the light of the world. Jesus was giving them a physical. If we were to shut the lights off and totally darken in this and then pull the fire alarm, how many of you think would make it out without tripping over chairs? Come on. It would be tough. Intention. No, you can't push people out of the way. Ha ha ha, I'm faster than my friend. This isn't being chased by a bear. <laughs> you always bring a slow running friend because if you can outrun him, the bear will eat him first. Just the FYI, if you're ever hunting with me, make sure you have good cardio. <laughs> but Jesus is saying, come on, when the lights are off, you're going to trip, you're going to fall, you're going to stumble, it's going to be hard. You're not going to be able to face the things that are approaching you. If somebody, if we did that, darkened everything, covered all the exit signs, pulled the fire alarm, we'd be tripping over each other. People would be pushing each other. It would be total chaos. One, because there's a fear. The building's on fire. And you've got this loud sound, and it's just going crazy. And everybody is just total chaos. But if the lights are on, you can see the exit signs. You can't see the danger. And we pulled the fire alarm. What are our chances of all getting out, still being family at the end of it all? Huge. Because we can see what's happening. We can see, okay, the fire's not in here. We're good. There's a door there. There's a door there. There's a door there. And we can exit out in a single orderly fashion. I was going to say single line, but then I was like, that's like what they do in school. We're adults. We got this. But we could leave easily. And Jesus is saying, don't look at the circumstances. Look at what you have. We have the lights on. We have the light in us all the time. Jesus walks with us. He walks before us. He walks behind us. He walks beside us. We are surrounded by God. We are surrounded by the leading of the Holy Spirit. We're sur- the, the battle has already been won, folks. We get to walk it out. And Jesus is trying to tell the disciples that. Yes, I know what's happening. Jesus isn't oblivious to what's going on. We're oblivious to see the light in us radiating out into this world. And so what happens is when we do that is we like to put God in here, a nice Huggies box. The reason why I chose a Huggies box, and I always do, Diaper boxes are very sturdy. They're great for moving. They're great for, pa- for Christmas decorating. You can throw them. They're durable. And this one, in case Jesus gets bored, God gets bored in there, he can color. There's Lightning McQueen all inside here. It's pretty sweet for if you who haven't been parents for a while. If you cut these down, they have a whole coloring thing in them now. Huggies really has pushed the envelope for diaper boxes. But as you see... I've put, there's handles, so God can breathe, right? There's a little window, so he has skylight. So it's pretty comfortable in there. And when I see a problem that can't be overcome, I just tell God, wait in here. You'll be safe. Just wait in here and I'll deal with it. Right? God, just wait. I'll deal with it. Just wait in this box. We've done it before. We can do it again. 
God, I, I, you know, I don't know if this next bill payment's going to go through. God, just wait here. I got to think. I got to think of something. I got to take up ten extra jobs. Just wait here, God. I'm here to tell you. That's not true. God sees what's going on. He has met our needs countless times. God, here's one that I used in school. God, I got a test coming up. I have test anxiety really bad. God, I'm going to have to really study extra, extra hard, stay up all night, so you just wait in the box. Just wait. God, we're waiting for our our home to be approved. We're waiting for this. Whatever the situation is that we feel is too big for God, God, wait in the box. Right? Because we look at the circumstance. We don't look at what God is doing and what God can do and what God is doing. We look at God, this is huge. This is the boulder you cannot move. I know that. You've heard that, is there a boulder so big God can't move it? We do it as Christians. We do it as followers. And we say, well, the disciples, you know, they did it too. But you know what? I don't know how they could have done it because they saw God. He, you know, he turned water into wine. He did all those things. They show up. As the rest of the story goes on, they see the tomb that Lazarus is in. He's dead. Not coming back to life. It's over. God, just wait in the box. This is huge. There's nothing you can do. If You know what? If you were here like two days earlier, see, this is your fault, Jesus. You waited those two days. If you would have come when Mary said, you could have healed him because it was just sickness. You could have just healed just his sickness. But no, you had to wait two days, and now he's dead. So get in the box. That's your timeout box. Really, that's what they're saying. But they forgot to hear what Jesus said earlier, that the glory of God is going to be shone through this. They forgot that part. And we forget that part. And we forget what God said in his timing. And we're looking at the circumstance. We're not looking at what God's doing within that. When God's trying to get out of this, out of this Huggies box, or whatever it is that we've made, another Ark of a Covenant. Ooh, sorry. I didn't mean to say that out loud. But we've done that. We've tried that. And you know what? God is so incredibly awesome. Because he lets us do this. He humbles himself and he listens and he does it he doesn't push himself and says no you need me you just need to shut up and listen i'm the dad you're the kid he says okay dan i'll just go into this box and i'll just wait and i'll wait and i'll wait and i'll wait and then when we try it on our own what happens Miserably. We fail miserably. And God is in there saying, okay, so I'm ready to come out whenever you're ready. And then Jesus did the most incredible thing. At that time in that, he said, roll the stone away. Roll it away. Now by this time, he's done all these miracles. Like I said, he turned water into wine. A recent one that they would have seen is he fed 5,000. Night was coming, everything was starting to, people were starting to get hungry, hangry, whichever you want to look at. And Jesus said, okay, well, let's not send everybody away. And the disciples said, 
We need to send everybody away. They're getting hungry. Like, this guy's getting hangry. We need to do something about this. Jesus says, well, bring, what do we have for food? And as we all know, the story goes, someone says, well, I got, you know, some fish and some bread. Don't judge me that I forgot the numbers. Don't worry about it. <laughs> what? Five loaves, two fishes. Okay, you know, whatever. Tomato, tomato, right? I was going to say five fish and two loaves, but whatever. So, you know, I've always wondered, sorry, I've always wondered, what did they make with just bread and raw fish? Like, is there something good you can make out of that? Or a sam- like a salmonella sandwich? Like, fish have disease on them. I guess he's God. After he blessed it, he would have said, and take away the, the diseases of this fish, God. I know there's salmonella on this thing. But what he did was he, he multiplied it. He, give, he gave thanks, and there was enough food for everybody, plus there was 12 baskets left. I'm telling you, my mind would have been blown right there. I would have been like, this is God, for sure. This, for sure. Like, I can't do that. Even Chop Canada and Top Chef and all of them, they've been like, this guy's winner, winner, chicken dinner. Like, he just did that, and we can't use whatever they have in the mystery basket a lot of the time. And he just multiplied, and there's, there's leftovers. But now they're looking at it like, God, okay, this, but this ain't fish. This ain't bread. This is different. This is a dead body. And the reason why they were looking at this, and I looked into why they really struggled with this. The Jewish culture back then believed that after four days, the spirit lifted from the person. So there was no way they would be able to come back to life. They believed within the three, between those t- that time, anybody could raise someone back to life because the spirit was still in there and you could just say, hey, okay, stop playing, get up. That's what they believed. And I was like, really? But I, I checked it all and, a lot of, and everybody said, yeah, this is what was going on. I looked at a, a, um, a Jewish site and they said, yeah, this is legit. After four days, they would believe the spirit would ascend. So looking at this, Jesus wanted to make sure that Lazarus was good and dead because he wanted to show that he is the resurrection of life. And I'm like, what? Because he called Lazarus and Lazarus got up and walked out. And he said, uncover him. And they're like, wow. Jesus is more powerful than death itself. Spiritually, let's look at this. What's God? Because God always look, He uses the physical to teach us something because we can't always see into the spiritual realm, right? So He likes to use physical representations of what He's doing. Very simple. We were dead to sin, but alive in Christ. He called us out of that empty tomb by name. He said, Dan, come out. Take off the shackles. Take off the band-aids. Take it off. You're alive in me now. You're alive in me. And they were prophesying about that in Jeremiah. Jesus' whole mission and still is for people to come alive in Him. He is the resurrection. He is the light. He is fill in the blank. He is our provider. 
He is our healer. He is our everything. There's nothing too difficult, nothing too impossible for our God. We don't need to keep putting him in a Huggies box or whatever your box looks like. We need to rip him out of there. We need to let him be God and us be the servants. And that is a tough, that is tough. Paul writes about this in Romans 12. He says, climb up onto the altar for this is your daily act of worship. You know what's awesome about being a living sacrifice? When that altar starts getting too hot, guess what you can do? You can crawl off it. Dead sacrifices can't. So when we offer ourselves, we're a living sacrifice to the Lord and say, Lord, take it all. Do what you need to do. You are God. I am not. Is it going to hurt? Oh, you betcha. Ask my kid. He keeps touching the stove when it's on, and we keep telling him it's hot. Is our walk going to be difficult? If this was easy, everybody would be doing it. Is God's directions going to make any sense? Probably not. But through the midst of it, are we going to trust that he is a good God? Are we going to trust that he knows what he's doing? Are we going to trust that he's large and in charge? Or are we going to say, God, I need you just to wait here. I need you to wait here until I'm finished. I need you to wait here. Just take that back seat. You take the second chair. No, God doesn't play second. He's our number one. So just like, and okay. So just like how God called Lazarus out. Remember that time when God called you out, and He said, "Come to me, come to me, Wendy. Come out of the grave. Come out of the death and the stench and the pain, and come into the light." You tell that was a powerful moment in all of it because we're here. We're in the family. Jesus has adopted us as his own, which is even more powerful because he said, I want you. And he called us by name because he's about relationship. He's about that togetherness. He's about family. And he says, I want you in my family. And I'm willing to do whatever it takes. There's nothing too scary for your dad. There's nothing too... Your dad can beat up that dad. And when I say that dad, I'm talking about, we all know, the one that's trying to rule the earth right now. My dad can beat up your dad. And that's the God that we serve. So this morning, fam, fam jam, are we ready to take God out of this box? And are we ready to let him be God? And trust that he knows what he's doing. And trust that our prayers aren't just hitting, hitting the ceiling. And trust that he, he knows what he's doing. And he sees what's going on. He knows what's going on in your life. He's not oblivious to it. And your situation, it's a big deal for you. It's also a big deal for him. So, that's what I have. And, yeah. Any questions, comments, concerns, complaints? Totally asked Jeff. I told him that's the nice thing about not uh, being on staff. He's like, why? What's that? I'm like, because I can say whatever I want and you have to deal with it. <laughs> so no, I just, I'm just going to close in a word of prayer. And if, you know, if there's anything, just let me know. And I'm sure somebody will 
Well, so if you don't want to talk to me, I, I, I understand. You know, find somebody. You know, if there's something that's going on, please don't leave without talking. You know, because this isn't a one, one man or a one woman sport. We're a family. We come together. We pull together as a family. We cheer each other on. My parents always used to say to me, when the world's beating you up, the best and the safest place you can be is right at home. And if we're calling this our home and the world's trying to beat us up and tear us down, this is the safest place we can be. Wise words, you two. Keep it up. Dad's like, I don't remember saying that. (laughs) Anyways, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're here right now in our midst. Jesus, thank you for what you've done and for the representation that you showed on this earth that nothing is too, too great and too powerful for our God. God, there's no name that's greater than your name. We thank you for that. And Father, I pray that this morning that as, as we go out from this place that we'll, tomorrow that we won't put you back in a box, that we'll let you out and we'll let you take the, take the charge. God, and I, I thank you that you're such a gentleman. (laughs) And God, you let us fall, but you also come and pick us up. God, I thank you. You care so much for us that you're willing to to put up with our stupidity sometimes. And so, Father, we give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. I'm so thankful that we're here as a family. I'm so proud to be part of this family. And God, as I always say to the boys, and as I'm going to say to the, to the rest of the fam jam here, God, I'm so privileged that we, we get to be with each other. God, and I thank you so much for that, for completing this family, God, and continuing to grow onto it. We just thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So have a great week, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to our Sermon of the Week. Our desire is that you will be changed by the love of the Father and the power of his presence. For more information about House of Hope, visit us at www.ihope.today.